0: You're listening to the Passionate Pursuit Podcast, a podcast that inspires followers of Christ to live out their faith in a meaningful way and to engage in the conversation. My name is Alex Yoder, and I'm joined here every week with my co-host, Casey Reinard. And each week, we discuss what it means in this culture to grow, to learn, and how to leave an impact. Now,
1: onto the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Pursuit Podcast. We're back one week later, and I'm wearing the same shirt, but Alex... Alex wore something differently because he's smart.
0: Yeah, man. Did your wife not do your laundry or
1: something? (laughs) No, I do. I just only have four of these shirts, so I wear one every day. Are you a minimalist? I'm not a minimalist. I I I, I tried to find that documentary. I if you guys a couple weeks ago we tried. Alex mentioned a minimalist documentary that may not actually have been on air. I don't think it was. You talked to me about it.
0: I talked to you about it on a text message.
1: Yes, that's what it was. You have no idea what I'm talking about, but uh, I tried to look for it on YouTube and I couldn't find it. But then I thought. I do only have a few shirts, so maybe I'm a closet minimalist.
0: Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you are, but minimalism has uh, little to do with just clothing. You know, sure. it's That's a why ho- I'm a closet. It's, it's a whole lifestyle. It has everything to do with everything.
1: Yeah, it, it seems kind of intriguing. Um, this is neither here nor there for anyone who's listening. We, no. uh, we're we're at the third episode and. Now final episode, last time we said it was going to be four episodes, this is a three-part series. Um, This is going to be the third and final episode of the Unmasking the Enemy series where we're really just diving into who Satan was, who he is, and how we can combat who he is and who he will be in our lives because he's not going anywhere, unfortunately, Um, at least that we know of. Uh, God could call us all home and that'd be awesome, but for now we're just going to use the word of the Lord to really just combat satan's presence in our lives so sure. that's what we're diving into today um that was a heavy start though i didn't even ask you how you are that's okay <laughs> you're raring to go i just i am i'm like a dachshund
0: chasing a hot dog <laughs> is that a saying i don't think so i don't think that's a saying i don't think so that's okay man there's nothing wrong with coming right out of the gate like that man
1: yeah it's i think strong. they call that
0: a whole shot in motocross I could be wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong. So if any of our motocross friends are listening, please message us and tell us that's completely wrong. Motocross is the single most watched
1: sport in Kentucky. Kentucky. (laughs) I was going to say Kentucky. That's great. Um, Well, yeah, we're going to dive right in today into really just looking first into Satan's two forms. And Alex has those two forms for us. Yeah. I do too, but I'm going to let him talk about
0: them. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about the one already, and that's the angel of light. But the, the, that second one is the roaring lion. You know, he walks about seeking whom he can devour. And so you, since we're ending this on this series, and I think we've done a good job answering the question, why would God create Satan? And we answered that this way by saying God didn't create Satan. God created Lucifer for the purpose of worshiping him. Who then chose. Exactly. And so we moved through Ezekiel 28 and then Mm -hmm. Isaiah 14, just to talk about what was Satan or Lucifer's makeup before the fall? Yeah. What was his game plan? And then we kind of challenged the listeners to say, like, hey, man, maybe you need to check yourself and see who's sitting on the throne in your life. Mm -hmm. So in in a more in-depth way, we wanted to end this whole series on just saying, how do we actually really take this to the practical level? And how do we actually really identify – Satan in our own life, Mm -hmm. and how do we uh, overcome him Yeah, and actually experience victory in our life? And so since you've been tracking along, you know that one of the ways, the the most uh, diabolical way Satan wants to mess you up is doctrinally. Mm -hmm. And now that we know that, we have to be on guard for that. So the most practical thing we can do is battle him on that turf. Yeah. And of course, there's going to be the sin. There's going to be the ways that he, he tries to put sin in front of us. But that's not always the case because our flesh can draw us to those things too. So we're going to look at some scripture today just to close out this series and just talk about how can we identify him better in our own life today and how can we overcome that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, and if we're jumping back to the angel of light as, we'll call it, the first of Satan's two forms, then really that primary text that we're looking at is Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, and I'm just going to read through it, I just kind of want to let that that text speak for itself, and then we can dive into it. So, starting in verse, in, again, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, I feel like I'm talking very fast today, so I'm going to try to slow down a little bit. But it goes like this, I marvel that ye are are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, aka Satan's gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ into Satan's gospel. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed, as we have said before. So, so say I now again. If any man preach any other
0: gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Right, exactly. You know, we looked at that in passage last week in Second Corinthians chapter eleven that really established this whole idea of Satan being an angel of light and him having his ministers who have these righteous lives. They're they're ministers of righteousness, and, you know, that's not really the case. They're just trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Now we jump into Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, and here it is again. Like, this is coming up again where we have this scripture that's talking to us about the gospel, you know but it's not a, it's not the, the true gospel it's another gospel mm-hmm. you get you get what i'm saying Yeah. and so it's just like we're stacking verse after verse after verse that is just only simplifying things really for us but at the same time it's solidifying things for us like this is definitely satan's game plan against us and so now we know because we've spent so much time on this now we know that Satan first and foremost is going to present himself as that angel of light, yeah, as, as that as that God look-alike, that, that God that, look-alike, that seemingly exact, quote-unquote replacement. Yep. And so, if he's trying to steal God's worship and he's trying to stand in the way of you knowing the true God through the true gospel, the best way we're going to to defeat Satan at his game is by believing the true gospel. Mm-hmm. That, that's easy. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, it's that simple. It's simple. Yes, that's that simple. It's difficult, but it's simple. Right.
1: Yeah, it, it's not complicated. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not
0: counterintuitive. Came to
1: mind. It's not counterintuitive. It's intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like you, <laughs> I don't think that's a word. But you. Okay, we make
0: words on this show we make all the lot, time. A lot of words.
1: It's that idea that. God's gospel, like having faith in God and the belief that his word is enough and that his word is sufficient um, to combat that. Because like we talked about last episode, the false gospel of Satan is so seemingly similar to God's gospel in certain ways. And um, unless you really dig into it, it kind of manifests itself in seemingly similar ways. So you, you, you could be thinking you're chasing after Gospel of Christ, but you're actually chasing after Satan's gospel. So, really, the only way to determine which one you're looking at, like we said, was to compare what you believe to the actual Word of God. Yep.
0: And we're gonna look at that in a little bit. That that's gonna that's gonna be crystal clear. It's gonna be crystal clear. Uh, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There's only one name given given under heaven. There is only one name, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. There is only one true gospel, and so when you start looking at the world of religion and just these different uh, worldviews and systems of believing, you can identify easily, like, okay, Islam is a false religion, and it is not a a counter-Christianity. It's a different religion altogether, and so we can easily identify it, and so we can look at, Mormonism, and go, this is clearly a different Jesus. We don't really have to spend much time studying it out. You look at their core beliefs, they believe that Jesus is Satan's brother, and you know all kinds of whack stuff, but we can look at Scripture and, and easily reason, okay, this is a different gospel, it's very easy. But the term the devil is in the details has never been more true than yeah. this one, because it can come down to s- the simplest things. That could be getting you off track completely. And that's scary. But it's the best thing that you can hear because if, like we said last week, if you are putting your faith in any types of work-based Christianity, it is a false Christianity. And that's so cut and dry. That's all That's all you need to know is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It's not of works, lest any man shall boast. So your baptism can't get you to heaven. Your sacraments can't. Your um, uh, spiritual gifts can't, and none of that stuff can. It's simply the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that can get you there. Yeah, and, and that's so important to nail down. And, and I think
1: God gives us a really awesome example, like when you said the devil's in the details, and it's all about how Satan twists God's words. He's not sitting there saying, like, trying to convince us that the Bible is just like a storybook or that that God doesn't exist. Like we've kind of dived in, divin, dived in. Like, Create a new word like we've dove into before. That's a word. Doves a word. Doves a word. <laughs> like we've explored before, and but it's it's when as we're when, as we're talking about Satan here, and if I'm thinking back to when Satan was in the garden with Adam and Eve, he sat there. He he didn't say, "Oh, don't listen to anything God says." Like he's just off his rocker. He, he said, "Well, wait." Are you sure God said that he couldn't do that? I, I thought he just said, that, like, 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 Satan was almost saying, I, I know what he said, but that's not really what he meant. Yep. Like, and and I feel like that's what he does a lot. That. Oh yeah. That's his. That's his. As the as the quote unquote angel of light. That's his, M O. of. Well, yeah. Like, yes, you read the Bible, but. I think you misinterpreted it Mm -hmm. or I think you misunderstood your pastor when he said this Mm -hmm. and yeah, devil's in the details,
0: devil's in the details. And that, that's why it's so scary is you have to look at this with a very, uh, fine tooth comb and you need to comb through scripture to figure out what the Bible says about, you know, the true gospel. And here's the fact of the matter. If you are somebody who, uh, genuinely is saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That, that's settled. You've come to him through the means of the true gospel. There's a second, there's a second way Satan's going to combat you. He's going to come at you like a roaring lion and he's going to try to devour you. And I'm willing to even say to the extent of taking your own life. Now I'm not trying to freak anybody out by saying that, but this this is the ultimate enemy. He means business. And so uh, for some, it may be trying to devour us with discouragement. It may be trying to devour us with keeping sin in front of us. He may try to devour us with idols in our life. He may try to devour us by trials and tragedy. You never know. But this is how he's coming at you. And we and we, and we know that from 1 Peter 5, 8. And, and it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. What's interesting about this is here it is. This is another false. This is another false representation of God because God identifies Himself as a lion. You know, he he, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, and here we here we go with it again. Like it's just all over the place. You know,
1: I'm a lion too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a
0: lion too. I can do this all day. Yeah. And so you know, that's 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 just what he's doing. He's trying to devour us, and it's it's it's. The reality that we live in as
1: believers. Yeah. So the natural question when when I hear, okay, well, if Satan's going to try to devour me, like, I don't really want that. So, so I, I go straight to, how do you fight that?
0: Well, in order to, I guess, combat the devouring side of things, I, I just go to Ephesians chapter 6. And Ephesians chapter 6 is the, the armor of God chapter, not the whole chapter, but it's in Ephesians 6. And, and you pick up in verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay. Well, don't worry what I have to say. Don't come, you know, come to me and say, what do you think I should do to battle the devil or go get your self-help book on how to defeat the devil? Just take the word of God in your hand and let it be your authority. Because this verse says, this is how you're going to stand against the wiles of the devil. Paul goes on to say, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, which we've already talked about that verse in this series. But this is where it gets practical. He says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Okay. Well, we, we've been nailing this. The first way you're going to not be devoured is by truth. And that's twofold because we're going to worship God and spirit and truth, but we're also going to stand against the wiles of the devil with the truth. But also we need to take the breastplate of righteousness. And that's not our righteousness. That's Christ's righteousness that has been imputed to us because of salvation, our faith in him. We also have to have our feet it says shot about with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So the, the gospel is a double edged sword, man that. We swing and that that is one of the ways that we stand against Satan too is by sharing the gospel and hopefully by sharing people, sharing the gospel with people they believe too and we're going to defeat him by bring more people with us into the kingdom.
1: Yeah, well and, and it's also that weapon that we that we can use in our own lives of like speaking Speaking God's truth to ourselves, yes. In, in, in those times, I mean, there have been times when you know I've had to remind myself, like, no, this is God's truth, like, not this almost half of the truth of what I thought was God's truth. Like, this is God's truth. Yep. Um, yeah.
0: No, <laughs> and you know, you look at when Jesus when Jesus was tempted by Satan, the way Jesus combated him was with Scripture. You know, we know that the word of God is the sword. Okay, so even Jesus used scripture to combat Satan, which is another good, good thing to throw into this strategy. The, the this passage in Ephesians 6 goes on to say, above all, taking the shield of faith, like that is your shield is the faith that you have. That is going to protect you more than anything. Uh, and it says, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's just crazy. Like if you just think about like the spiritual warfare side of things, like how many, how many fiery darts are you resisting with that faith that you have? And you can't even see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then verse 17 says, and to take, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Obviously the helmet of salvation being saved, you know, you're going to overcome him. What he really wants to do is get you to not go to heaven and have that eternal relationship with God. And of course you have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which you can use like Christ used to combat Satan that way by quoting scripture right back at him and saying, no, it ain't going to be like that. But there's other places in scripture that talk about how we can resist and and defeat Satan. And you know, you have verses like James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. What's nice about that is it's so practical. I mean, it's twofold. Submit to God, live a life of surrender, and also resist the devil. Resist him in uh, false doctrine and false teaching, and resist him in sin as well, and he will flee from you. So there is an escape. And, and I think it's really important with that verse where you have to submit yourself to God
1: before you can resist. Before you can effectively resist the devil, like the the, the power to to resist the devil doesn't come from you; it comes from God, and you you're not going to have that power. From God and the Holy Spirit until you submit yourself to them. So, so I, I think in James four, when you're looking at that, submit yourselves therefore to God and then resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's definitely like a one-two step of. I mean, the, the, there is syntax there that should be followed if you're if you're gonna have any sort of lasting, impactful resistance of of Satan. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then kind of what you're saying, like the another verse that we have is Luke twenty-two thirty-one. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as weed. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And I mean, what does that tell us? That tells us that you have to have faith. That's what it comes down to.
0: Oh man, you're you're absolutely right. And I love that that story right there because... I don't know, man, there's just stories in the Bible that hit you differently. And some are just super, you know, surface and practical and other ones just have carry that weight behind it. And so you can look at like Ephesians chapter six and like, man, that's a sweet passage, man. And the visuals there are phenomenal. But don't ever get lost on verses like Luke 22, uh, verse 31, where Jesus is trying to warn Peter. Satan desires to have you, and not just to have you, but he wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to obliterate you. But here, here's the remedy that follows. But I have prayed for you, that your faith would not fail you. This is not a small verse, and Jesus just basically gave it all away. Hey, Peter, Satan wants you. He wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to totally destroy you. But I prayed for you. Not that Satan would leave you alone. I've prayed for you. Not that you would have all wisdom and insight into the spiritual world. No, he says, I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail you. Wow. What's that tell us about how important our faith is, which we already know from Ephesians chapter six, how important that faith is that we have to have and how powerful it is in the spiritual side of things. And faith that you can
1: only effectively have if God is on the throne of your life. Like we were talking about last week if you're on your own throne or if something else is on your throne, your faith, I'm not saying you won't have any faith in, in Christ and in God because you, you very well can, but your your whole say your whole heart isn't there. And, and that's not where, where your heart and your soul are. So your faith isn't going to be like say 100%. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like it, not saying uh, so saying not saying that God can't do anything with fifty percent of our faith because He can do anything he wants, but I think that faith piece, obviously, I mean God's saying, like I prayed for you that your faith doesn't
0: fail, yeah, that you know Because he knew that that's what Peter needed and he knows that's what we need and we need to we need to recognize that too, that our faith is so important. Moving on, though, there, there, there's other parts of Scripture that are very important in this, and I think this is the one we really nailed last week. We'll bring it back up this week. And that's 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, and this is a very interesting verse. It's an interesting passage. He says, John's writing, I have written unto you fathers. And He's not talking about uh, physical fathers. He's talking about spiritual fathers, fathers that have reproduced believers. I've written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. And then he goes on to, I have written unto you young men, not, not physical young men, spiritual young men. Because you are strong. Why are you strong? Because the word of God abides in you. And here's that last phrase. And you have overcome the wicked one. We talked about last how can you differentiate the, the false way and the false teaching versus the true one. First John 2.14 the word of God must abide in you. That's how you overcome the wicked one in this game. It's this simple: get in the Word, study it, read it, take it in. That's how you're going to battle him. That's how you're going to overcome him, and that's how you're going to grow spiritually. Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult, like we said, it's difficult, but it's simple. Once you know, once you know the things, you can put them in the practice. It's hard to stay disciplined, but you know, hopefully, through this series, we've. Hopefully through this series, we've really clarified some things. You know, the question was, why would God create Satan? And we answered it by saying God didn't necessarily create Satan in his current state. He created Lucifer to worship. And then we moved on to say that if God created Lucifer to worship and Lucifer's falling was pride, what that means for us is that we need to have that I want to be like God mentality with God on the throne. And we can't get lost on that. We moved into this week to say, well... Maybe God is on the throne in our life and we have that right heart attitude, but we still need to, we're still in the flesh and we're still in, in Satan's realm. We need to battle against him. How can we do that? So I think we've done a pretty good job answering this question. I'm glad that this question came in. I certainly hope it's not the last one we get from our viewers because I really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. I think that questions. we're ready to close this one down. I'll say this. Let's do this. For for now, we're going to move on from Unmasking the Enemy, but let's leave it open-ended. Be on the lookout for Unmasking the Enemy Part 4 down the road (laughs) when, I don't know, we're not saying any certain dates, but there is something that happens in Genesis Chapter 3 that really opens this thing wide open with Satan and in the garden with Eve and Adam. So be on the lookout for Unmasking the Enemy Part 4 down the road sometime. We don't know when. It'll be a pop-up. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a pop-up episode. And as for now, we're going to uh, go ahead and close this out. But we are so thankful that you listened this week, and we really hope that this goes further than you know just conversation. We hope it becomes practical to you, and you actually go back and, and write these verses down and reference them and go check it out for yourself. Don't just let us be the authority. Go to the Word of God and let it speak to you and let it change you.
1: Yeah, don't—there's something— a couple of years ago, I was I was in the habit of like watching a lot of like Matt Chandler sermons or whatever that was on YouTube, and he he always had this disclaimer on the front end that I really enjoyed of, don't let this ministry whatever this ministry is in this case our podcast don't let this replace your time in the Word. I, yeah. I know I have a big tendency to be like oh well I listen to Jesusy stuff. I don't have to read the Bible today. Like, no, that's not the same thing. So I just, I just pray that no one listening to this y- uses <laughs> our podcast and says, "Okay, well, that was my Jesus time for today. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't need to dive into the Word because the Word is that ultimate authority and that ultimate um, source of faith for us." Yep. So if there's anything to take away from that, just like Alex said,
0: stay in the freaking Word. Especially after everything that we've covered through this series. Uh, we could be false ministers. We could be false apostles, man, uh, with this righteous life, you know, and all that stuff. So go check it out for yourself. Reference these verses. Write them down. Use them and, and, and memorize them. Put them to heart.
1: Yeah, and if,
0: if you're having
1: a tough time with that or if you're having great success with that or if you decide that you want to float more questions to us that we can kind of dive into in some of these series, Um reach out to us visit us on instagram yeah and
0: i have a highlighted story on our instagram page basically for you to ask those questions you don't have to wait for it to circle back around on the story you can go straight to our page look at the question highlight there on the home page of our instagram i guess you call it or our feed and put your question in
1: yeah do that we we'd love to talk to you guys but um until then thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week